the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The big silence. Hello and welcome to the Big Silence Podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go! Mental health is my wealth, the stress upon the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seek and ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence. The big silence. Welcome to the big silence. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. Oh. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you hear panting in the background bobby has selected this is a, my assistant i finally have an assistant a pomeranian to sit on his lap oh yeah i hear that it's I'm okay turn tiki. oh no, uh, no that's not tiki this that's is Cujo. Yeah. he can't even keep track of his dog's names <laughs> tell me all the dog's names right now go okay skunk tiki kodiak kiwi and kujimoto how many was that that's fine oh was okay it's fine all right. <laughs> Anyways, like I said, welcome back to The Big Silence. I'm excited for this episode with my friend Luke, um, a.k.a. The Dingo. You may know him as a professional snowboarder and also um, The Adventures of Danny and The Dingo Show. Mm-hmm. Bobby, did you ever watch that? Of course I did. Of course you Yeah. Did. I think it was on Fuel TV back in the day. Really so like good. it. Um, Dingo's personality is contagious and I freaking love him. He's also one of the co-founders of Find Your Grind Foundation along with Nick Gross. And we're going to be doing, The Big Silence is going to be doing some work with them in the future. He's from Australia, so you'll enjoy that lovely accent. But um, yeah, we dive deep into a lot of things around mental health and just life and his own mental health um dingo actually lost his brother by suicide in 2019 Mm. pretty heavy stuff um yeah Mm. any thoughts co-host palm dad Mm. um yeah i think we all know somebody that unfortunately you know succumbed to whatever that is and uh yeah well, thank you, Dingo, for being on this. And thank you for being a amazing human. Let's dive in. Welcome, 
Dingo Luke, aka Luke. Luke. How Luke. Are you, Luke. How are Hi. you doing today? I'm I'm great today. Yeah. I'm talking to you. I'm good. Um happy to have this conversation with you. I haven't seen you in a few years, but we, we just were supposed to, we were supposed to have this conversation in person last weekend, but I've I've been sick. I, I get sick all the time now. I don't every time I go on like a trip or do something, I like a man down. Why? You think I don't know. you think it's I don't want to bl- I don't want to blame anything. I'm not like I don't know. I, I have no idea. I think, uh, to be honest, I think I do too much, so I get run down. So that's like, that's like my first thing. We have that in common, right? So like, <laughs> I like definitely hit a wall. I slept during Super Bowl this year, which was like I, I upset a lot of people. I woke up at like <laughs> half time, and I was like, oh. and then when I got back from, I got back from Australia like a week ago, and I was around a bunch of people that got sick, got like COVID, COVID, and then on the plane, like I had. Honestly, I was, like, afraid that I wasn't going to pass the test to get home. And then, like, I had, like, a throat thing on the plane that, like, was bad. And then I landed and my throat, like, closed over. And then I was just like, fuck, like, and I just slept for, like, another week. So, so yeah. What is, so your recovery is just sleeping? Sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I think I'm going to take a nap after our conversation. But then right? how, good, how good are naps? <laughs> how good are they? Amazing. And then my trainer's coming, so I'm going to move my body and lift some weights. And then I'm um, going to go see Mr. Shane McCassie in Palm Springs tomorrow. So, if- Are you guys flying to Palm Springs? Mm-hmm. Just me. Did you, did you fly straight in? Mm, there's a layover. Yeah. I love Palm Springs. I know. I'm just going to get some vitamin D. It's good for your mental health. Get the early Coachella vibes. <laughs> oh, is it? Co- it's not Coachella right now. No. No. Are you going weeks. to Coachella? No, I've only ever been a couple times. I've like, I went once in like 2008 and then I think I went once in 2015 or something. Yeah. No Coachella for me. That's that energy, too much energy out right now. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so happy you're here. So we met through my very dear friend, Jeremy McCassie. Yep. Um, and you came to the Tone It Up office and I met you and Nick, your yep. partner for Find Your Grind. Yep. And we may have met several times before that too through Oakley or something. Yeah, we met it. Yeah, we met it, I think at Sundance, maybe something like that. Yeah. But I wanted to have you on the show to have a conversation because you have a lot of amazing things to say surrounding mental health and you've experienced a lot and your passion with Find Your Grind. So um, I'd love, first off, if you want to just share a minute, a little brief, who is Dingo? Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, I guess first off, it's it's I, I, I say, you know, I came to America as an aspiring snowboarder. I was a, a pro athlete at a really young age, growing up competitively in Australia, surfing, skateboarding, you know, playing football. My brother was a skier and I, my father was super into snow sports. And naturally I was just really good at snowboarding, but just what, what, way better than anything else I had to do. And I was like, you know, I started competing at a really young age. I started competing at like a junior level at like a pretty young age. And then was junior national champion when I was like 11 and then started coming to the States. And I think I competed here in America for the first time when I was maybe 12. And then had done a couple of different competitions as like a teenager and then moved to America when I was my early teens 
uh, lived and trained with Steamboat Springs, Winter Sports Club in Colorado, and then kind of moved to Mammoth and was on my own at like 14. 15 years of age. So like I had, you know, dealt with certain things in my life that I guess I struggled with later on in life. You know, our father had left us when we were kids. So it was me, my brother, and my mom. My brother had struggled with, I think, I think he had struggled with a lot of things, but, you know, with that, like, comes drugs. So he started, he, he started, he started doing drugs at, like, a pretty young age, and I kind of seen that when I was younger, and I'd seen kind of the wrath of that and the path that he had gone down, and I think that was, in the end, was kind of the result in my family letting me go to the States as you know, a teenager, you know, I was 15 years of age and it's crazy now because I look at 15 year olds and I look at 15 year olds that are, uh, I just think that it's crazy that I was able to do what I did when I was 15 yeah. um, and, and not necessarily get away with it. There were a lot of other younger kids in, in similar positions in sports and especially in our industry that were doing that. So it wasn't like I was on my own, but there were definitely times when you felt alone and then what you go through as a kid without really even realizing, you know, I slept on a couch while I was trying to do homeschool, while I was trying to snowboard, while I was trying to do all these things. But it, 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 in, in the end that, you know, that stuff worked out and, and ended up being pretty successful as like a young teenager you know, or late teens or like early 20s, you know. But I, 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 I think like a lot of the things that you learn or you do with having adults around or having supervision or advice or all these things, I think ended up being a lot of the problems that I had into my early 20s into my like, into, into my, I would say my first depression, which, you know, which came pretty young. I think I was in my early 20s, but I, yeah. I, and, I, and I think people deal with it now. It's just in a different way. I think athletes deal with things in different ways now. I think that when I was younger, there was no social media. There was no like, there was really no anything. So like, A, you could get away with a lot, which is probably a good thing for me. Oh, I got away with a lot back then. A lot. You know? Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying I was a bad person. I just think it's like times were different, right? And um, not having not having a camera around 24-7, I, you know, aka your iPhone, I think, uh, was kind of my saving grace pre like 2010. So I want to back up to your childhood where you talk about aloneness and being basically being an adult as a teenager and coming to the U.S. Because I, I have a lot of people ask me, they're like, well, I, with my experience with my mother being schizophrenic and out of the home and in hospitals growing up and my dad going through his own stuff with that happening, I was raising myself. So do you look back now as starting to have to take care of yourself at such a young age how later you realized that may have affected your mental health? Yeah, it's funny you, like, mentioned, like, the loneliness thing. And for me, like, I did. Like, I felt so alone in so many times. And you're on the other side of the world. You literally have, like, a, a book of phone numbers and that's kind of your resources, you know, and that's, like, home and, and whatever else. I was lucky to have, like, a group of people around me that definitely cared about me. But the loneliness thing was crazy because I had like a father that like I didn't speak to who like lived in Asia and like that like ate me up. And then I had my family back home 
but it wasn't like I wanted to go back home. It was just like, there are times when you felt really lonely. I remember like locking myself in a closet and crying. And like, I would do that so many times as like a 15, 16, 17 year old, like, yeah, to like those like first couple of years. And for whatever reason, you know, I, I still never told anybody about that. And then, and then, and then, and then once kind of like success came for me, it kind of all got, got forgotten about, I would say in like a weird way. And, 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 and I think I took whatever anger I had or whatever loneliness, loneliness I had or whatever I had, it had all been channeled into like the bigger picture. And I had ultimately like succeeded in, in the direction I wanted to go in, but I still don't think I ever had the tools to like go back and understand like what that was. And then really ultimately didn't understand like what was coming to me. And then that, that, that next crash was going to be like really, really big. And I, I, I like, I, I wish now that I had spoken up about my issues and my problems or whatever I had, you know, it's like a soda bottle. It's like, I would just like bottle everything up and then shake it up. And yeah. I mean, so what did you feel? I have to ask, I, I think I hid in closets as a little girl too. Was <laughs> that just like something that made you feel safe and secure and like, no- Maybe it was some sort of meditation in there. I have no idea. I know. <laughs> do you go to therapy? I, uh, I do. Like I, I ended up, I ended up in therapy. I've done lots of therapy, multiple things. But yeah, back then, I wish I had have ended up in therapy. Not then, you know. So it wasn't until like my like, I think it was around twenty one when I started going super dark. Like twenty one was like the moment where like I, I'd filmed. You were, was that during the show, Danny and Dingo? Or? I just filmed the first season of the show. Okay. I just turned 21. We'd had a company called Grenade Gloves that had oh, become very success had mm. become very successful. And and we'd had a lot of problems and a lot of issues with a lot of people that were working with us and they were our friends. And you know, it was just the the, the situation got super dicey and we had to let a lot of people go. It was around when the recession happened in 2008. So there were all these like effects that had kind of come into it. And as a 21-year-old kid, like dealing with, you know, whatever it is, 30, 40 people that had like been working for you and, and, and with you and how certain people had like, you know, diminished like what you were doing or or as soon as the money stopped, people didn't want to talk to you mm. or there were all these like issues that like had come. And I think as a kid, I wasn't, I didn't have the tools to deal with any of that and, and nobody around me did. And then also too, like we were, you know, super successful with what we were doing in our own lives. So, you know, whether it was like my home life, I was embarrassed to like talk to my family about it because my family was so proud of me. You're embarrassed to talk to your peers because these people look up to you. You're embarrassed to talk to your best friend because you're ultimately both going through the same thing. But like we just, you know, dealt with it in different ways. You know, Danny's Danny, who was, you know, my best friend and we were partners with Grenade and we had the TV show together. He had dealt with issues with his own family and we, you know, and we, 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 we just kind of kept, we just kind of kept pushing through 
we'd hired a person to come in and and run the comp basically as a CEO, which the company need, need the company needed. But I don't think that that was you know done correctly either. And 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 then ultimately, I fell into this dark hole, and without knowing it, I I I you know had gone into severe depression, but like would wake up every day and like put a smile on my face and go through the motions and do what you had to do. And then you go to bed at night and literally like think about suicide, think about death, think about it as the end of the day, be at like a hotel and just like think, oh, maybe I could just jump out that window and like weird shit. And then like that became like an illness of like, I would think about that every day while during the day running a business, filming a TV show, doing all these things. It's a lot of pressure. A lot of right. moving parts. A lot and then- of pressure. And I just like, you know, I, 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 you know, net, net now know like the problems I've gone through, but like, I don't know. It's, you know, you wish you could turn back time. You wish you could do all these things and you can't. And you've just got to live it. And I know a lot of people have like lived through that stuff, you know, but I ended up, you know, I, I, I ended up in hospital, you know, my girlfriend had come home and found me and I had like, you know, I I'd like eaten, you know, a lot of pills, enough pills to kill you. And I'd had black tar and I'd thrown up black tar everywhere and I'd kind of ended up in the hospital. And, you know, that was, and still at that moment, it's not like you wake up in the hospital and you're like, oh, I'm all good. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> that's the hardest part. You know, you wake up and you're still <laughs> extremely sick and, and then- now everybody knows your problem or everyone that you work with knows your problem or, or the family and friends. And that's kind of the hardest part is then like explaining to your family, like what you've then gone through and how you could, you know, how you can help yourself, you know, and then, and then I did, you know, I took all the right steps and, 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 and went into therapy and, you know, worked on myself for those like next couple of years and then ultimately became like a much better version of myself. I would say like by, like by the time I was, you know, 24, 23, 24, I had like, you know, been working on myself for like, you know, a year, year and a half. And I had had really become the person I'd always wanted to become. You know, I think that being so young, growing up in the industry I did, ending up in LA around all sorts of other people, it's very confusing. You know, it's... What do you wish that 22-year-old dingo knew or had? I just wish, I, I, I honestly just wish that I had of, you know, it's like I, 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 I always focused on trying to be something I wasn't, I think, for a long time. And I think if I could go back and say to my younger self, I'd say, hey, it's going to be okay. But also like, you know, I, I, I had been surrounded by all these different people and I think like, I was so confused on like what I wanted me to be when I just had to focus on me being me and me being me is just me waking up being me, you know, not trying to be something I'm not. And I think I was confused on what I was ultimately trying to do or who I was ultimately trying to be when every day it was staring, staring me in the mirror of who I needed to be. I was just confused uh, on, on, on how to get there when all along it was kind of right in front of me. Yeah. And so as you go through your healing process, and working through the trauma that's in your body, what was, what were your steps? Like how, just for people listening, because there's a lot of people, especially, you know, are coming 
coming out of the pandemic, hopefully, and mental health issues and suicide and everything are on a rise. So what is your advice to little dingo out there listening right now? You know, I think mental health is like one of those things that hits you in all different areas and and at times and in different ways. And I think like for mental health, you know, it's 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 just you got to be the best version of yourself. And and I think you've got to be honest. And if you're not well, you need to ask for help. And there is all sorts of help out there. And at the end of the day, like the people that want to help you the most are the ones that love you. As as hard as that may seem, or as 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 rock bottom as that may seem, I think there's always help out there, and there's always light at the end of the tunnel. It feels like there's never light at the end of the tunnel, but ultimately there is. And I think seeking help is is the best thing you can do. I think for me, like it was always just to voice it out. If I could voice out my problems, I could, I could always be in a better space. And I stopped voicing out my problems, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and talking about it, talking about it has always helped me, you know, and, 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 and I ultimately say like my failures have always been my biggest successes. So it's like just turning the narrative on like what you're dealing with and making a negative a positive is doable. It doesn't sound doable at the time, but I think that, that, that it's, Important to focus on yourself and voice it out. For me, I know everyone's different and everybody has to deal with different things, you know, and I've dealt with it now in so many different areas. And for me, like, when I went through that, that's kind of where Find Your Grind came from. I had come from, like, one spectrum of, like, be successful, do bigger, get better, like, whatever it is. And, and Find Your Grind ultimately was the complete opposite of that. And, 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 and it was a tool for me to be able to go into high schools and go in and speak to kids. And when I first started telling kids my story, I think I was like 27. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was so easy for me to be able to go into a room full of kids that uh, uh, had ultimately dealt or were dealing with the same things I've dealt with and, and being able to talk to those kids about their problems. Again, it was then realizing that kids want to be heard, you know, and being in a room full of 10 kids or being one-on-one with a kid that's age or might tried to commit suicide or being around suicide or had a friend that they've lost to suicide. I don't think the age matters. I think kids are more important in a, on, on a, on a, on a value of like, if, if, if a kid's not heard, if a kid's not heard, it's so easy for a kid to want to just be gone or be lost. Right. Yeah. I was just, and I want you to talk more about find your grind because I love your mission and everything. And I, I was actually, Zach Williams was just in the studio here um, a half hour ago, Robin Williams' son. And we were just talking about how it's so important to have mental health education start in grade school, junior high, because we never had that. And that's where we never had help and we were so used to having everything, our emotions, being quiet and stuffed down. So can you talk about more about Find Your Grind and how yeah. everyone you're, can you're find you? You're so right, though. Like it's it it it, it does. Like it, it, it. when we were younger, it wasn't talked about. Definitely wasn't talked about with our parents. It's one of those things that today, kids are growing up without fathers due to suicide. Point in case, right? And I think it's very important that there are tools and assets that kids have free have free access to. And, you know, find your grind for me is like one of those tools, you know, we have the SEL, the social emotional learning program 
that ties into our curriculum, that ties into student. You know, for me, the whole reason was it was more so of a connection. I was able to have a connection with kids that I felt needed to A, have a voice or B, be heard and being able to create those tools and those assets. And not only that, to be able to walk into a classroom or a theater or an auditorium and tell my story and it not be fake or not be some like, you know, lift me up type story or lift the kids up, but not be backed up. I get in there and I tell kids about a story about an, uh, an aspiring athlete that, you know, ended up, you know, suicidal and, and in hospital when, you know, people thought I was on top of the world. And, 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 and so it's, 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 you know, you can see people on TV or you can see athletes at the Olympics and these things and kids need to know that like these, these people are just humans and they're going through the exact same problems that they're going through. So that was, you know, you know, the reason of, of why we wanted to create this and, and, and give these opportunities. And not only that, you know, like I didn't work like normal jobs. I've never really had a normal job, but I've worked since I was a young teenager, you know, from, from, from being an athlete to running a, a company, clothing company, to being heavily involved in, you know, corporate marketing and, and corporate companies, working in television, Nobody's ever asked me for a degree. And, and, and I think that, you know, the world's changed so fast. And I wanted to be able to like showcase all these upper opportunities out there for kids, for their jobs, you know, and we're ultimately a self-discovery platform helping young kids find careers and jobs of the 21st century. And I think it's so important to offer these, these, these tools and these, 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 these assets to kids to show them the opportunities out there. And I think that the school system's changed so much. And I think that, yeah, kids need to, uh, have degrees in certain sorts. I, I think you need to finish high school. I think you need to learn about finances, but do you need to get a degree and go to school for eight years or get two degrees and go to school for eight years and have these two degrees that you're going to be in debt for the rest of your life or your parents are going to be in debt for and you're never going to use them. And I think that that's a big problem we have and that weighs on mental health. And I think that the college system used to work a long time ago, but I, I don't think it works for everybody today. And I think that you know, schools are very good at taking people's money, but are they getting these kids jobs? And I think that is a big question that is a dot, dot, dot. And I think that we're going to see, you know, we're in our lifetime and in the next 10 years, I think we're going to see like certain colleges crumble because they're, they're, they're Silicon Valley, the tech world, like kids, they don't care how old you are. If you're smart, they're going to give you a job. They don't need your degree. Hey, yeah, I'm a you, two-time yeah. college dropout, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not once, but twice. twice. <laughs> you know, and it's these things that like, it's just that like when I, when we started Find Your Grind, we started doing stuff in 2015, I think. So we're seven years into it. We've had a curriculum now out for, I think, through four, better part of four years. But like, it was just crazy to like, really kind of understand. And when you start deep diving in certain things, it's, you know, like a, like a, a school, uh, a high school public education textbook up until recently was changed every seven years. So they're teaching kids information that's seven years old. And in today's world, mm-hmm. two years old, too old. Right. And, and, and the way that, everything's changing the way that it, it, the world's moving so fast and the way that we have new and emerging industries and careers. And we just got to navigate. We've got plenty of smart people. We've got lots of doctors. We've got lots of lawyers. Let's figure out like what are the paths these kids can go to. And even like the, the, the college, um, the college scandal where those parents all ended up 
getting a slap on the wrist or ended up in jail. I've met two of those people now. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, it's unfortunate, but, but these pa- parents will do the ultimate thing to, like, make sure their kids or their kids' security or whatever it is. And I truly believe, like, these are the schools. Kids, parents aren't making sure their kids get into these schools because they get a degree. Kids are making sure they get into this school because it's the network. And mm-hmm. the network is how you're going to end up with a job. So it's like, I don't know. I think that the world's changed a lot. And I think that for us, with Find Your Grind, being able to offer tool sets and, and skill sets from uh, a certain group of people and then offering, not the tools that are saying, hey, like, this is what you need to be. This is what you can be. And I think like trying to tell kids or ask a teenager, like, what do you want to be is a stupid fucking question. And it's, 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 I'm 36 and I still don't really know what I want to do. (laughs) (laughs) But in everyone else's eyes, you've done everything. But you're like, it it is, it's too much pressure. I remember when I decided to not go to college the first time, I was supposed to go to IU, Indiana University. That's where I'm from. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to move to California. Well, back then I was like, the rave parties are way better in California. So true. Um, <laughs> true. But yeah, there was a lot of pressure. And then I got my residency in California and went to Santa Monica College, J- JC, to then move on to another university. But then I just started working and I was like, I found my grind and what I loved and traveling the world and working. And it's like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? You know, it's it, 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 it's you find those moments, and but it's 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 you know you're 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 a fortunate one and a lucky one, and also one that like chased your dreams. And I think like it's it's okay to chase a dream and not really understand or know where you're going, and then and then and then look where you end up, you know. And I think it's it's about going down those rabbit holes, you know. And I I, I think that the problem is a lot of these young kids will put so much time and effort into one thing that maybe they're never going to use. Yeah. And I don't right? want to like totally bash college because some people we need, you know, the doctors, no, the lawyers. Bash college the, and we do like big yeah. college events and, 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 yeah. and it's not like we're trying to, cause we don't have a curriculum for college kids. It's not like we're like saying, Hey, like fucking take out, take our class. And like, we're going to better college. Yeah. It's just saying, Hey, like if you're going to be a yoga instructor and own a yoga studio and do all these things, maybe you don't need to waste four years of your life or eight years of your life and then be 30 and be like, shit, like I'm going to start this now. You could have started it eight years ago and had an up and running business and whatever it is. Or, you know, like, you know, for us, it's like we really flip the funnel upside down and we do all these assessments and these fun, cool uh, assignments and tests and all these things. And we basically assess the skill sets you have and then say, hey, Here's the funnel of industries that you're best suited for. Not being like, hey, you want to be a doctor, but you don't like blood? Well, well you know, like, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's even like, it's even like silly things where like, and, and this is a really common thing is you'll have like a kid that's not going to be of size for basketball or whatnot. But in this kid's head, he wants to be a basketball player. And this kid will have this in his head until... He gets, he could be good in the high school team, but he gets to college and gets smoked or whatnot. It's just small things like that where like kids will just in their head be like, oh, I want to be this. I want to be this. Knowing that, you know, ultimately it's, 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 it's probably never going to happen. Yeah. There is that pressure. There's someone that has worked on my team 
and she wanted to be in one route, but then there was, she couldn't figure out what she just graduated and, um, from college. And there's a lot of the family pressure. You have to be a doctor or a lawyer, but that's not her passion. But I don't, I, a lot of people might be very confused of, well, what do I want? So with what your, your work and with find your grind, you help children, high school students figure out what is their passion and what, and what their path is. Yeah. 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 Ultimately, like after these, there's 10,000 minutes now of learning exercise and assessments and ultimately like that entire time you are, you are gaining your skill sets on what you're good at and what you're not good at. And it keeps record of everything. And then ultimately it'll throw you down these tunnels and paths that showcase you and give you a dive into these certain industries that you have skill sets for. I need to take that test. Right, baby? <laughs> I still don't know who I'm going to be when I grow up, but that's right? all and that's the good. That's the best thing, you know? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so crazy. Like, you know, I'm so fortunate in so many ways to where like, you know, like yesterday I'm at Monster Headquarters and I'm able now to do my own podcast and I, you know, have you know, BMXs from surfers to Ice Cube to Super Bowl champions, all these people that get to come through and just like you, I'm like, ah, oh, I get to like conversate with these people, right? And 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 now today I'm on a podcast with you talking about mental health and find your grind and, you know, tomorrow or tonight I'll be in some other random dinner meeting with, I think I'm meeting, I'm sitting with the CEO of Walmart tonight. And it's like, mm. okay, cool. Like I just get to, Literally every single day get to like put a hat on and be like, all right, I'm going to learn a little bit more about this today. <laughs> That's beautiful. And just so everyone listening, Tone It Up products are at Walmart. Boom. <laughs> I want to shift a little here uh, just because we're talking about mental health. And you went through something really dark. Was it in 2020, your brother? Uh, 20, what are we now? 2019. 2019. Okay. 2019. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to go back to where even where we were in the beginning, my, um, and, and this is the crazy thing too. Like lost my brother to suicide in 2019. My brother was father to three kids, you know, ran a pretty big business and going back to the beginning of, of, you know, my, my, my brother, unfortunately, you know, was a victim of of drugs from a year early age, you know, kind of hardcore drugs from a year early age, um, but was able to like, you know, like most addicts or just people with addictions, you know, uh, they're they're very manipulative. They're great liars. They're all these sorts of things, especially when they get to thirty. He was thirty eight, so it was it was you know one of those things that I, I knew my brother had struggled with issues a lot. We tried to help him. In certain areas, he'd gone to rehab facilities, he'd gone to these places. And, you know, he just hit a point in his life where it was, it was, you know, like the end of the road for him. He, 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 I, I saw it, you know, I saw it coming. How did, what were the signs? You know, it's, it's the, 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 he checked out. Like the last time I was with him over Christmas, he had like checked out, you know, it was like, he was barely there. He was just not really saying much. He was just really kind of put back. And if you knew my brother, my brother was always kind of loud and 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 you know the energy and he'd light up a room and all these things. And he'd slowly started to like check out. He'd had some work stuff to like not go right. And I just kind of saw it coming. And he was like, 
you know, it was like he had like 10 plates spinning or he had like 12 plates spinning, but 10 fingers, you know, it was just, and it all just kind of came crashing down. The last real phone call I ever had with him was on my birthday and he was really kind of grasping. And, and this would be times, you know, where I'd, I'd had a couple conversations with him. But I really thought that like, you know, with, with him having three kids and, and having these people that loved him, I thought that he'd be able to like muscle through it. And, and, and yeah, it just, you know, and at that time too, like, you know, with myself, I was so invested in, 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 you know, we had been doing these large events with Find Your Grind and all this mental health stuff. And it was just crazy that it like gets ripped right out from underneath you, you know? And, and, and I spoke to him the day, the day that, the day that he, he did it. And it was, that was, that was tough. That was really tough. You know, and and it's it's unfortunate that these things. You know, if he's at peace, but the things you leave behind uh, yeah. is 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 forever. You know, you've got a mother that you know will never be the same, and then you've got you know three kids and and a wife that you know have to live their life with that every day, and and that's the sad thing. You know. Um, watching these kids grow up without a father, watching these kids deal with certain struggles, watching a single parent kind of have to deal with these things, uh, watching, you know, a, a mother and a father. It's just all of it together. And, and, and the unfortunate part is it's so common. You know, it's more common now than it's ever been for this to happen to middle-aged men with families and, and, and vice versa. And it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 fucking, it's fucking tough. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too, and I'm just saying this for those of you out there who are considering if you have suicidal thoughts, those that you leave behind love you so much. And if you can get help, and that's what the big silence, we have a ton of resources if you go to the website. Yeah, it's tough, and it it needs to stop. Um, we all get to live in this world for this short period of time. And we all deserve living in joy and not suffering like that. And whether whatever your ways of coping with stress or depression or anxiety, the tools are out there. And um, I mean, you mentioned you had your first depression in your early 20s. Was there another? I would say that I've had like snippets of it, mm-hmm. but not suicidal. Yeah. You know, like I've never been suicidal again. I've had, you know, after my brother passed, I definitely went through it again. You know, I've had not dark times like that. There are just snippets of, there are just snippets of it. And now when I have those snippets, I know to go seek help. Mm-hmm. You know, if I ever deal with it, I was in therapy after I attempted suicide and that helped. And I go in and out of that. Whenever I need to, I I went into like a trauma therapy after my brother passed away because of, you know, just the way I had to deal with it was super horrific. And yeah, so listen, is like every day like rainbows and butterflies? No. Um, And that's okay. uh, (laughs) Some days. Um, But like it's it's just life, you know, and there are definitely times when I get down or I just kind of want to be by myself or I deal with things in different ways. You know, I come from like a small country town and I think like sometimes being by myself is sometimes exactly where I want to be. And then there are times when you want to be surrounded by lots of people. 
So I just kind of deal with it in different ways. You know, I'm a people pleaser, so I'm I'm very good at being, so are you. But like, I'm good at being around people and making people feel good about themselves. That, that, that'll definitely get me up. So yeah, I, I, I still, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I don't think I'll ever get rid of. It's not like something I'm cured of. It's just, you know, some days are better than others. And just to never go down that dark hole of, you know, if you, and, and not that I've ever had those thoughts again, but like, if you do, like, then that, that's when you really need to go seek help and, and not think about it in your head and get really sick over it and think about it every day for a year and then try and do it and, and fail to do it, you know? So there's, yeah. So do you, what do you do to get your serotonin up? Do you work out? Do you meditate? Do you watch I'm not your a nutrition? Meditator. I like, you know, I, I, I exercise, like, you know, I like hiking here in LA at home. I like go on these long bush walks. I like live in the middle of nowhere in Australia. So it's like, you know, we go like spot kangaroos or something. Um, I think it's been a mix of everything, yeah. you know, it's, 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 you know, go and exercise. And I say laughter, laughter is a cure for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like a good dinner and some laughter can always, you know, you know, whether it's, you know, being with close friends or whatnot. So there are just certain things that I think you just need in life that, 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 that can help you get to where you need to get to. Are there any things that you're like, that you kind of tend to do that you're like, that wasn't right for my mental health. I should stop doing that. I guess. I don't know. No, I guess I've never put like a a finger on it, Mm -hmm. you know, like, don't smoke too much weed. Can <laughs> I say that? Yeah. You're in California. In Texas, you can't. But <laughs> That's weird. don't take too many gummies at Coachella. Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bob, Bobby. <laughs> I think everything in moderation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, because yeah, and eating healthy. You know, it's 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 definitely a combination. But unfortunately, I've never really put the trigger on, or we've never really closed the gap of of why I am the way that I am, or my brother was the way that he is. I think that it comes from stuff that happened when we were children, and you just like, I guess I haven't got to the bottom of it yet. Mm. I mean, do you want to talk about that? I mean, it's like more so of like I, I think it was like family separation mm-hmm. and 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 what we dealt with as kids. And I was younger, so it was less traumatic for me. But you know, my brother started doing heroin at fifteen, oh, um, and 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 basically did heroin up until he died. Um, yeah. So I, I'm glad I never went down that road. And I, I think I think that's like I think that stems a lot from 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 you know where we grew up and these people are either dead or in jail or, 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 you know, we're here, but like, it's, yeah, I think, I think my brother, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, the older brother goes and makes the mistakes and, and I, I knew not to go down that road, but I I don't think, I don't, I, I think since he was a kid, he was never right again. And I think like, hard drugs like that, you know, never do those. And, and, and there's the reasons why. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of drugs in my teens for a decade. Never. You know what's crazy is like I'm dealing with a friend right now, a 14 year old kid, 14. And, you know, like this kid's going down that path and, and it's fucking sad, you know? And it's, it's crazy because that's when my brother started going down stuff and never came back. I, I, I was always too scared to, you know, whereas, 
you know, kids today, uh, these things that they're taking, I don't even know what they are. They don't yeah. even know what they are. And they it's, just put eight of them in their mouth and they have no idea what it is. Exactly. Because if today it's cool. <laughs> it's not up. cool, kids. If you're listening, it is not cool. And I will say, and I've said this many times in conversations with my friends, the amount of pills <laughs> or powders that I took as a teenager, if it was in today's world, I would be dead because everything yeah. is laced with fentanyl. Yep. And so kids, teenagers, adults, everyone, say no. Just don't do it. Yeah. It's it's awful. So yeah. I've known many, many people who have lost their lives unintentionally. Yeah. By this. So Yeah, and I think it's just more accessible now, which is unfortunate, you know? And and yeah, fuck. Yeah, it's tough being kids and 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 it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a strange world. Oh, <sighs> well on that note. Any final words that you want to share? You know, I think like when it comes down to mental health, I think like that the 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 best thing to do for yourself is like look in the mirror and and be proud of who you are. You know, wake up every day, put your clothes on, and and look in the mirror and and love yourself. And I think that is it's easily can be looked at like a selfish thing, but it's I think the most important thing is you and. Wake up in the morning and 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 love yourself and be proud of who you are and go about the day and you know if 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 you can help somebody along the way you help somebody along the way and I think if you can do that we're all living a better world so that's kind of that's kind of me one hundred percent thank you Dingo thank you thank for this you. time I can't wait to see you in real life soon I know I'm excited sorry I wasn't there by South by Southwest Karina and Bobby but I'll be out there soon and uh, I'm excited for uh, everything that you have going on and us uh, collaborating and, and getting out there on the road and, and 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 having some fun so I think that's a really awesome thing you're doing with the big silence I think it's you know you're doing it for the right reasons and you're doing it for family so I'm super proud of you and, and super honored to be a part of it thank you Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. One, two, three, sing it. Here's to radical self-love, the type of love that will defeat anxiety, the type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in, to be who you already are. The big silence. Silence.